Dateline, 16th of March, 2014. Well, good day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 291. Grant, we're back after a two-week, well, sort of break. Yeah, well, yeah, we sort of had one a couple of weeks ago, but we totally missed last week. And it was mostly because we were wiped out after a very busy time shooting video and running around at the uh, Tyre Bear Show. I've got to tell you, mate, if uh, you know anybody thinks that producing podcast material is uh, hard work, try doing video. Good Lord. That's going to take yeah. us weeks to put that one together, but a lot of fun down there at the Tyre Bear Show last weekend uh, here in uh, Victoria. And uh, Grant, I actually noticed that they've changed that airport name to Mornington Peninsula Airport. Oh, really? Uh, it's still going to be Tyab for me, mate. Absolutely. If, I, if they call it anything else, then I'll never find the place. Well, folks, if you want to see what could be coming up on the uh, DVD that we're producing, and uh, aside from Steve being lost, oh, sorry, uncertain of position while trying to find it. That's the one. Uh, we uh, we have put out some teasers on our Facebook page. So keep up with our Facebook page at facebook.com slash playing crazy down under and uh, keep an eye on that uh, DVD as it's coming along and uh, get in the queue to buy it. Absolutely. Hey, Grant, how many cameras did we have inside that Royal Australian Air Force FA-18? Oh, the classic? Well, there were two GoPros in there, mate. One uh, looking backwards over uh, Wing Commander uh, Tim Allsop's right shoulder. Uh, so you're getting his, his pretty much all of his body is mostly uh, and the right wing and so on, some of the outside world. And one looking forward over his left shoulder and word is I haven't got a confirm but I think we're getting the heads up display the hood camera as well so uh, that could be pretty good all those all those shots would be great especially the ones looking forward as he did that formation flight with the P-51. Oh, outstanding okay enough showing off uh, Grant you know uh, we talk a lot about uh, the woes going on in the Qantas group and maintenance winding back but uh, looks like things are happening uh, here at another provider John Holland Aviation Services they've got a uh, facility here at Melbourne's Tullamarine Airport Melbourne International Airport and it looks like they're closing that one down. And there's an inter- actually an interesting backstory to that. This used to be the ANSET uh, maintenance area, uh, I believe. John Holland have uh, been operating it for quite a while. They had uh, Tiger, they had uh, Virgin. Uh, they were doing quite a bit of work. They were primarily at Tuller, but also operations at Adelaide, Perth, Sydney, Brisbane. But uh, things have slipped away from them. They lost Tiger. They've uh, lost the Virgin work and they're sort of turning up their toes and winding up operations. And it's saying here in a couple of articles that we're reading online that it, uh, up to 230 jobs uh, might be lost there. Now, it's interesting, Grant, that Tiger Air actually uh, switched their maintenance over to BAE Systems, who set up a hangar on another part of the field, just around the corner, actually, uh, at Melbourne Airport. So it uh, be interesting to see what happens. And of course, Virgin Australia's fleet, well, that's practically all maintained overseas, uh, primarily, as we found over in New Zealand. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to this rather sizable maintenance facility once uh, John Holland shut down. And maybe BAE Systems might uh, expand and move in there. It'll be interesting to watch. A lot of changes have happened recently out at Tuller. Uh, Jetstar are doing some of their A checks apparently on their A320s in the area where they uh, used to be the Qantas maintenance base, but it was allowed to uh, get kind of quiet. Now it's being used for the 787 maintenance. Uh, all of Jetstar's 787s are being maintained here in Melbourne, such as it is. I, I think the pretty heavy stuff is probably going to be elsewhere, but uh, they're doing uh, maintenance there and also doing a few A320s in that same hangar. Uh, yeah, then you've got uh, John Holland and that's sort of winding down now and that what lone hangar, actually the one where the uh, Jetstar demonstrator ZA003, the test aircraft, uh, that came through and parked when it did its uh, last Australian tour, that was in front of the BAE Systems hangar. Oh, of course we did, Grant. I remember taking the bus ride. You know, nothing better than a bus ride through Melbourne International Airport. If you've got to take a bus ride anywhere, I reckon that's a good way to do it. Yeah, the airside run, always a lot of fun. We haven't seen a lot of focus on that in the media, really. And, of course, everything seems to be permanently um, focused on Qantas and all of their ways and what's happening with their maintenance. Grant, I 
noticed with interest uh, just talking about Qantas that uh, Alan Joyce and uh, Gareth Evans and some of his uh, senior managers being grilled during uh, the week by a Senate committee. The uh, debate over whether or not the Qantas Sale Act should be changed to allow uh, greater amounts of foreign ownership in Qantas and a restructure of its uh, ownership. Uh, you know, all that sort of stuff is uh, being debated hotly in Parliament. I'm not so sure it's actually going to get through, but I tell you what, mate, uh, I managed to uh, sit down just to show you how boring my life's been in the last couple of weeks. I managed to sit down and watch uh, some of this uh, Senate committee hearing uh, on the television last week. And uh, I'll tell you what, some of these senators, particularly independent uh, senator from South Australia, Nick Xenophon, who we've had on the show before, really grilling Alan Joyce. Uh, Alan Joyce, I thought, well, he handled himself pretty well, although really a lot of spin in my opinion. So it, it <laughs> grinds on, mate. It certainly grinds on. Oh, doesn't it just, mate? And uh, yeah, you can always count on AJ for a bit of spin. But, you know, that, yeah, onwards and crazily with um, with Qantas. Who knows where that's going to wind up? But I've got to say, even if they do repeal the Qantas Sale Act, it's not going to resolve the 49% limitation on foreign ownership. Uh, any airline that flies internationally on behalf of Australia cannot be more than 49% owned by foreign entities, no matter which one. So removing the Qantas Sale Act will remove a number of limitations on Qantas. But until they restructure, similar to how Virgin did, so that on paper, they're two different companies doing international versus domestic, then they can have 100% foreign ownership in their domestic operations, as Virgin Australia have done for theirs and Tiger Airways do with theirs. So it's... uh a lot of people are running around saying, oh, remove the Qantas Sale Act and then they can have full ownership. No, no. The Air Navigation Act gets in the way as well. So, uh, yeah, while the Qantas Sale Act does need to go to help level things, Qantas have to change to uh, take advantage of that. But Joyce keeps conveniently avoiding all of that and doesn't really have any answers when pushed on it. You know, it's a constant narrative that uh, the Qantas uh, PR team, I guess, have puts out there into the media and the media seem to have swallowed it uh, particularly well. And, of course, that's getting out into the public psyche to where most people are saying now, well, yeah, we should change the act. But, you know, it, it seems to me that, as you point out there, Grant, I think a lot of people don't realise that it's not just such a simple exercise as changing that act. There's a lot more that would have to go with it. The act encompasses a lot of areas, uh, not just foreign ownership limits and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I get a little upset whenever I hear Qantas saying, oh, we're the Australian airline. Yeah, we're the Australian airline that uses Kiwis to fly across the Tasman with Jet Connect. We base half our people with Jetstar over in Singapore to try and take advantage of their labour laws. Yeah, and, uh, oh, also, we're uh, closing down a whole lot of our uh, maintenance facilities and sending them over sh- overseas. So, yeah, just how Australian are you guys? Well, they do have a kangaroo on the tail of their aircraft, Grant. Yeah, well, there's always that mm, for now. Absolutely. Until Jetstar takes over. <laughs> okay, let's not talk about Qantas. It only makes me depressed, Grant. Let's talk about some exciting news on the military front. Australia's uh, Prime Minister Tony Abbott announced this week in, a, in an interesting uh, move that actually I think Grant said off air that he'd actually agree with, which is amazing if you know what Grant yeah, thinks I of the Prime know. Minister, <laughs> that uh, Australia will be committing to the purchase of some MQ4C Triton UAB, UAVs, UASs. What are they called? Uh, bloody big drones. No. <laughs> <laughs> BBDs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, although they haven't committed to exactly when and how many, uh, they are going to go ahead with the purchase. Uh, they're definitely going to follow through. So they've declared the P8A Poseidon recently. And in that uh, announcement, they were saying there were going to be drones, but they hadn't locked in. Well, they've said that they're going to go for the MQ-4C Triton, and uh, 
yeah, I guess we'll see in the near future just how many will be coming along and when we should expect them. Yes, interesting, Grant. And of course, uh, as, as would be tradition, I guess, with the Royal Australian Air Force, you know, the uh, maritime surveillance uh, aircraft, the uh, AP-3C Orions, and I guess their replacement aircraft will be based at RAF Base Edinburgh, which is in South Australia. And Grant, um, interesting, that announcement was made out there at South Australia this week. Did you know there was an election there on the weekend, a state election? Coincidence, yeah. do you think? Yeah, funny how that is, isn't it? Um, a state election where it looks like the uh, ruling federal party may also get back in in that state. Geez, you've got to love politicians. It says here in this article that we're reading in australianaviation.com.au that uh, neither the number of aircraft expected to be acquired under the Air 7000 Phase 1B project nor their planned introduction into service date were specified. <laughs> but these details <laughs> will be considered by the government in 2016 based on the outcome of the forthcoming defence white paper process, Mr Abbott stated on Thursday. So, wow, uh, you know, it's uh, interesting. They would have to apparently uh, invest about $140 million uh, in new facilities and infrastructure, approximately $100 million of which will be invested in South Australia. So vote for us and uh, we may buy these planes for you, I guess, is the way yeah, I would read no, that. No, 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 we've committed to definitely consider it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Grant, I think uh, one of us is way too cynical. Maybe both of us are. I think both of us are, mate. I think both of us are. Look, it's, I, I think it's great that they're going ahead and going to, you know, bams, baby, link it all together. But, uh, yeah, I would really, 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 really like to see some stats on it. But, you know, yeah, they're going to commit to it. Yay, we don't know how many, we don't know when, whatever. <laughs> well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. Yeah, and I'm Grant McCarran.